The words of the Lord are pure words, as silver tried in a furnace of earth, purified seven times. Thou shalt keep them, O Lord, thou shalt preserve them from this generation forever. For as the rain cometh down, and the snow from heaven, and returneth not thither, but watereth the earth, and maketh it bring forth in bud, that it may give seed to the sower, and bread to the eater, so shall my word be that goeth forth out of my mouth. It shall not return unto me void, but it shall accomplish that which I please, and it shall prosper in the thing whereto I send it. Welcome to another program with Truths to Live By, a ministry of Harriman Baptist Tabernacle in Harriman, Tennessee. You're listening to Brother Benjamin Cooley. I pray we would be a blessing to you today. With our Bibles open to 1 Corinthians chapter number 16, we will begin the conclusion of our study in this first epistle. You pray with me that God would give me direction on where we should begin our preaching next. But for now, we will spend several messages in this 16th chapter, what we would call a postscript to this divine letter but packed full of truths to live by. First, a word of prayer, and then we'll read the first 12 verses of this chapter together. Father, we thank you for the day you've given us. Thank you for life and liberty in our Lord Jesus Christ. I pray for the country, which I call home, even America. God, that you would help the leadership there in Washington, D.C., May they see their need for Christ and come to repentance and faith in the Lord Jesus and be saved. Help the churches across this great land to take a stand for truth, to be valiant for the truth, to be virtuous in this fight, and to be victorious as believers in a dark day. Thank you for first loving me, that I can love you, and I ask my prayer in Jesus' name, and for his sake, amen and amen. 1 Corinthians 16, verse number 1. Now concerning the collection for the saints, as I have given order to the churches of Galatia, even so do ye. Upon the first day of the week, let every one of you lay by him in store, as God hath prospered him, that there be no gatherings when I come. And when I come, whomsoever ye shall approve by your letters, them will I send to bring your liberality unto 
Jerusalem. And if it be meet that I go also, they shall go with me. Now I will come unto you when I shall pass through Macedonia, for I do pass through Macedonia. And it may be that I will abide, yea, and winter with you, that ye may bring me on my journey whithersoever I go. For I will not see you now by the way, but I trust to tarry a while with you if the Lord permit. But I will tarry at Ephesus until Pentecost. For a great door and effectual is opened unto me, and there are many adversaries. Now if Timotheus come, see that he may be with you without fear. For he worketh the work of the Lord, as I also do. Let no man therefore despise him, but conduct him forth in peace, that he may come unto me, for I look for him with the brethren. As touching our brother Apollos, I greatly desired him to come unto you with the brethren, but his will was not at all to come at this time, but he will come when he shall have convenient time. Now this chapter divides into two passages. The first one, which we have just read in verses 1 through 12, is a closing of a personal nature. And the second one is a closing of a pastoral nature. Now, just a brief recap on the book as a whole. In chapter 1, verses 1 through 9, we saw the introduction to this letter. Picking up in chapter 1, verse 10, through the end of chapter 15, in verse 58, we see the body of this letter. We divided it into two main sections, stating that the written word of God comes to the church at Corinth in the reproof of their own lives, chapter 1, verse 10, through chapter 6, verse 20. Over and over, once and again, Paul is used of God to reprove the Corinthian believers for their division, for their strife, for their envying, for their partisan spirit latching on to this one or that one, an elevating personality above the truth of the Word of God. For their carnality and immorality, they are reproved and rebuked. But then in chapter 7, verse 1, through the end of chapter 15, the written word of God comes to the church at Corinth in a response to their own letter. So they had written a letter, and Paul writes back in this epistle, and he answers their questions and statements with the written word of God. Now, in the conclusion, as we have already stated, Paul is closing the letter, and he gives words of a personal nature, verses 1 through 12, and then he gives words of a pastoral nature, verses 13 through the end of the chapter. In verses 1 and 2, we read a word about the collection. There was a collection that has been ordered by Paul to the churches of Galatia, and now the church of God at Corinth. It is a collection of 
for the saints. And Paul simply states in verses 1 and 2 that he wanted them to have everything set aside and waiting for his arrival. That brings us to verses 3 through 6. Here is his coming. The apostle Paul was coming to Corinth. He was announcing his visit so that they would be prepared for him. In verse 3, he says, and when I come. And then he just starts to lay some things out for them to understand. That it was their choice to approve ones to go with Paul if God would have him to go and carry up this liberality. Now, the only time where the church is to be liberal is to be in its giving. We should never be liberally minded in our doctrine when it comes to the scriptures, when it comes to the gospel, when it comes to anything concerning the doctrines of God and of Christ and of the faith of our Lord and Savior Jesus Christ, we should hold to the book. We should stay with the Lord and stay with the Word and never, ever be liberal. And we should always reject the modernism. We should always reject this contemporary, convenient, casual form of Christianity, which blankets everything with love, so they say, and they're willing to excuse sin, to ignore error, to set aside doctrine all in the name of love and unity and charity they would have us to believe. But not so. Such liberality is wicked in the sight of God. We must remain a separated people, pure in our doctrine. But liberality in giving is approved of God. It is blessed by God. It is commended by God. God loves a cheerful giver, and God, I believe, loves a liberal giver. Now, Paul's coming to them in verse 3 involved their choosing someone, approving them with letters to carry this gift unto Jerusalem. Paul said, if it be meet, he would go also. Verse 5, now I will come unto you when I shall pass through Macedonia. Paul would go through Macedonia and get the collection from the churches there and then make his way to Corinth. And it may be that he would abide with them and even winter with them. And why? so that the church at Corinth could have the blessing of giving to Paul's ministry in that personal way, so that they would be responsible for bringing him on his journey whithersoever he would go. Churches miss a blessing when they fail to meet the needs of God's ministers of God's sent ones, of his missionaries, of his gospel preachers. But when the church obeys the Lord, gives to the need of the minister, that church gets in on the blessing. The collection, verses 1 and 2, 
Paul's coming, verses 3 through 6, but now notice his choice in verses 7, 8, and 9. His choice is first balanced by the will of God. I love what Paul says, but I trust to tarry a while with you if the Lord permit. Paul was allowing the Lord to lead his life and to choose his way and outline his steps before him. If the Lord permit, should always be attached to our statements, should always be prevailing in our hearts so that our choices in this life are balanced by the will of God. But then also our choices, as Paul's was, should be, must be, based on the work of God. Verses 8 and 9, he says, A great door and effectual is opened unto me, and there are many adversaries. Paul made his choices based on the work that God had set before him. We thank you for making this ministry a part of your day. And in closing, we want to point you to the words of our Lord in Matthew chapter 4 and verse 4. He answered and said, It is written, Man shall not live by bread alone, but by every word that proceedeth out of the mouth of God. And truly it is written. God's word, every word, presents us with truths to live by. You've been listening to Brother Benjamin Cooley. Please send all correspondence to Truths to Live By, P.O. Box 575, Harriman, Tennessee, 37748. Or you can email us at bmarkcooley at gmail.com. And finally, brethren, pray for us.